You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is your Locked On Indians daily podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we will look into the game today where the Indians finally eked out a win against the White Sox in dramatic fashion. We'll spend some time looking at Lynchburg, and then we'll end up yeah, then we'll end with some draft talk. So a few names to look at, some guys to remember, people who I think could be for first or second round range for the Cleveland Indians this year. So let's just start with the game today. The Cleveland Indians won. Yay! It was one of their better recent performances, scattering 12 hits uh, across the game before the dramatic Jose Ramirez walk-off homer. Um you know, get Jose Ramirez had the big home run. He also had two hits. Lindor had one. Kipnis had a walk. Santana only had one hit. But then you get in the heart of the order. I mean, I was shredding Carlos Gonzalez. So, of course, he then proceeds to have a, a two-hit night and score a run. Bowers had two hits. He's really performing better and better. Now, he's not performing as well as... Diaz, who the Indians gave up in the deal for him, but Bowers is slowly but steadily turning into the second or third most productive bat on this team. Martin had been scuffling of late. He came back today and had a strong performance going two for four. Uh, Kevin P is kind of on the other side of things where he is slipping, and Naquin had another good game. His, I have, I've never been a Naquin supporter but you have to look at what he's doing this year and compare him against the rest of the guys in the lineup. And he's not been bad when you look at it that way. Um, he doesn't bring a lot offensively because he doesn't walk much. And he doesn't really have much power. So it's all about batting average with him, uh, which makes him hard to project as, as an, a regular player. But uh, his... He's hitting to a degree. Uh, he still has a negative war so far this year, but uh, it could be a lot worse when you compare it against a lot of other guys. Bowers over his last few games, if I pulled up the the log, two you know, an over yesterday, two hits, an over two hits, over three, over one, one hit, two hits, one hit, one hit, uh, only one walk during that time, the uh, the loss yesterday, but. His batting average since the 26th in this quick 10-game log has risen from 224 to 250, um, which is significant. He's definitely uh, he's definitely in, in moving up. He's definitely doing better, and when you look at the production, he is. You know, I'd rather have him hitting fifth, honestly, at this point than Cargo. Yes, Cargo had a game today, but I think Bowers is the better bat, and I don't think that's um, exaggeration. I still hate Kipnis hitting second. He is Kipnis and Cargo are set up perfectly in this lineup to kill any type of momentum in an inning for the Indians. Yes, uh, Cargo was better today. Kipnis was not. Uh, those are not guys you want around your your most productive hitters 
speaking of guys who are, you know, moving upwards, Jose Ramirez during that same 10-game stretch has gone from a 172 average to the fact where he is now hitting 205. Yes, I know you're saying, oh, it's 205. It's still improving. It's a 30-point improvement in 10 games. That's what we need to see. Um, so there's there are some positives, basically, what I'm getting at. You know, Lindor is getting better every game. Ramirez is stepping up. Santana is cooling off a bit, but still extremely productive. Bowers has been improving. Um, we'll have to see more with Martin. Naquin, Naquin Leplo, I think, could work as a platoon. Um, Roberto Perez has some good stats. Uh, I know you're saying, no, he doesn't, but there's some things showing is he's got some hard hits and things like that. Um, there's some value in Perez between the, and it, it, he's in there for more his defensive value anyways. Um, Martin will have to, I already said, we'll have to see. I just, I don't have much faith in Kipnis or, um, Cargo and you got Mark Mercado just sitting there in terms of the pitching performance for the Indians. Bieber with another steady, solid, good outing. Um, not walking anyone. He did scatter a lot of hits. Did give up the one home run, but another strong outing. You could honestly make the case that Shane Bieber has been the Indians' best pitcher this year. Now, that would likely be Clevenger if he hadn't gotten hurt, but I think in terms of performance, Bieber has been the Indians' top pitcher. Oliver Perez have been very down on, but he was effective today. He got came in, faced two batters, struck out one. Uh, it seems that Tito is really putting a lot of faith in what grin he's we're seeing him more consistently in that like eighth inning role um he's getting a lot more outing he's getting a lot more appearances and he is continuing to perform and that brad hand ends up picking up the win i do like tito using his best pitcher in a tie game that's i think you know saving your closer i've never liked that idea if it's tied that is a high leverage situation and that is when you want your best pitchers in so the Indians end that little three-game losing streak. Tomorrow's game is against the White Sox. It is a 1 o'clock game. My cat apparently wants to add to the conversation. Um, I don't know if she's trying to tell me the pitching matchups. Oh, okay, really? So it's Carrasco versus Manny Banuelos. This should be a game, the 1 o'clock game, where the Indians have a significant advantage pitching-wise. Uh Banuelos is arguably the least productive, uh, least dangerous pitcher Chicago has. Then after this series, um, the Indians will face Oakland, who has underperformed a little bit this year as well, much like the Indians have, even though um, Mike uh, Fires had the no-hitter yesterday. But it's still a team that, if I pull up the standings, I think they're third in their division. No, they are last in their division. So uh, they made the playoffs a year ago. They're two and eight in their last ten games. They are not. Uh, you know, things aren't have not gone well for them. They got swept by the Blue Jays, who are in contention for the worst record in baseball. Swept by the Red Sox. Lost two or three to the Pirates. Um, currently losing to the Reds. So it should be a, a series of the Indians. Right now, you would think they would have an advantage in. So we'll we'll see. I'll uh, I'll be more previewing the Oakland team tomorrow after the end of the uh, the Indian series. 
against the White Sox. They have a chance to get a split, which after those first two games, I will gladly take. And then for all the doom and gloom and frustrations, you know, they took two out of three from Seattle, a split with the White Sox, and then they're going out. That's not a terrible uh, string of events there. So we are going to head into the ad break now. I want to remind everyone, rate, review, subscribe, all the good stuff. Tell a friend. Let's get our numbers up. Let's get me into those top five uh, MLB podcasts on the Locked In Network. Hiring can be hard. Multiple jobs, stacks of resume, confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matchmaking technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. This isn't just um, something where people can apply for. They have to be invited. And as we all know, an invite is better than just a cattle call. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great candidate. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter slash locked on. L-O-C- K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And we're back. So, as I mentioned uh, previously, we're going to get into Lynchburg and then we'll do some draft talk. So, the Lynchburg Hillcats were facing the uh, Winston Salem Dash today and they lost 9 to 8. Nick Gallagher was the starter. It was a rough go for him. Uh, the other side of things, it was uh, they're facing the White Sox minor league team. Uh, got all those runs. Luke Wakamatsu had a home run. Nolan Jones had his first triple of the year. He still does not have a home run, um, which is surprising. He does go three for three with two walks. So... For those keeping track at home, that's five at-bats, five times on base. One triple. I mean, I think you're going to take that every day of the week. He is up to hitting 311. Oscar Gonzalez goes two for five um, with the strikeout. He's hitting 355 still. Uh, he still has zero walks and 28 strikeouts. Um, you would think at some point the opposing teams would make him pay for the fact that he's just not going to walk at all ever, but uh, it just hasn't happened yet. He's still been the most productive hitter down there. Jod Carter went deep today. He leads the team in home runs. It's not often you see a five foot eight outfielder leading your team in home runs. Um, Steve Kwan is not hitting quite as well as he was last time we talked about them. The on base percentage is still over four hundred. He is still producing. Gavin Collins is still playing well. But the when you get down to it, it's the prospects of note are really Gonzalez and Jones from that offense. Um, the rest of them, it's guys who, you know, they're, they're good organizational players, but not anyone who stands out is a, uh, uh, you know, getting some top 30 prospect talk. 
pitching wise, now that Eli Morgan's been promoted, it, the team's a lot less interesting. You still have Juan Hillman down there, who was a second round pick. The Indians' uh, track record of second round picks is about as bad as that might be their least productive round. Um, that is not to necessarily knock Juan Hillman. I loved that pick when they made it. But for whatever reason, when the Indians draft someone in the second round, it is almost like a death wish for that player. Other prospects of note, you know, Kyle Nelson got the got called up to double A. He pitched there today. A lefty who they've had moving very quickly through the uh, minor league system. Robert Broom is still untouchable. 15 and a third innings, 22 strikeouts, just one earned run. Juan Carlos Mejia, who they added to the 40-man, was a bit of a surprise ad for many of us uh, out there. In his 16 innings over three starts, he has uh, continued to perform it's such a small sample size it's hard to give anything more than that but he's looked good uh i'm sorry kyle nelson i was pulling him up that was two years ago he was drafted but still two years after being drafted he's pushed all the way up to uh to akron this year and you know he's working as a left-handed reliever which is something teams always need and my cat agrees that uh, teams always need that and I assume with uh, Mejia and his injury history, they're probably going to go slowly with him. Uh, at some point this year, you think he might get a look at Double A since he's already on the forty man. He's currently on the seven day injured list for um, Lynchburg. But uh, yeah, you know Mejia is one of those guys to to watch and follow. Obviously, Indians value him quite a bit. I think the the interesting pitcher in terms of uh helping the indians sooner than later though is broom he's he's just that sidearm reliever he's in that like nick sandlin who they've fast-tracked to a degree i think he's kind of i think he's very similar to sandlin um sandlin has a little bit more upside but uh broom if he keeps performing even at a quarter of this with uh them just promoting uh karen shock to uh triple a who had been exceptional this year for Akron, kind of fast-tracking him to Cleveland. I think Broom is the uh, the next prospect to get fast-tracked and pushed up from the level where he's currently at. So I promised some draft talk, so here it is at the very end of the show. So the Indians are picking in the early 20s this year. The uh, Kind of the names that stand out for them there could be, when you look at their history, it has been young for the class, Cold weather bats, left-handed switch hitters, um, or players from California. The names that I think come up naturally at this point at the first round are the up-the-middle players like Anthony Velope, who's uh, at Del Barton in New Jersey. Uh, obviously, he's a shortstop. Those guys, shortstops are almost universally always right-handed. He uh, he just turned eighteen at the end of last month. More of a defensive guy. I see more of a utility player. He's uh, his famous teammate, Jack Leiter, I don't think is going to get drafted. I think his bonus demands are really high, and I think he ends up at Vanderbilt. But uh, he he fits the mold for them. Uh, I've talked about uh, Karrion Paris, the California shortstop, who's arguably the, not arguably, I believe he is the youngest player in the class. There's nothing arguable about that. That's something you can't argue. That's either a true fact or not. But uh, very toolsy kid. Won't be 18 until November. Looks likely to stick it short. You know, very 
typical Indians pick. And then the other kind of rising shortstop is Gunnar Henderson, who will be 18 at the end of June. Um, Big shortstop. Chance maybe he moves to third as he fills out. It's a, a big frame. I mean, he's he's already pretty muscular, but there's always um, he could be adding more. Pretty good athlete, basketball player, but uh, really good exit velocities. And he's kind of one of those names that's right now rising a lot. If I was doing a mock right now, Henderson would be the of the three the most likely one I'd be mocking to the Indians. And he is definitely a player I'd keep my eyes on. There's uh, two players that stood out for me in the second round that really kind of fit what the Indians do. One is uh, TJ Sakima, who is a lefty. He's six feet tall. He's pretty maxed out um, physically. He won't turn 21 until the end of July, so he's young for his class. Really effective fastball-slider combo. Um, Both pitches are well-developed. I think while he's been a starter and he's been dominating the SEC, which is always a uh, about as good of an indicator as you can find because of how much better the level of competition is, um, I think he's probably going to be a future reliever. And we're, I mean, I, I think that he's one of those guys that is an extremely safe pick because he does have the developed pitches. He has shown excellent control with the way he throws. Worst case, you have a very good Lukey. You know, he's going to be... Uh, a better version of Oliver Perez, worst case. Uh, there is the outside chance that he could start, and I think the Indians will give him, if they were to draft him, would give him every chance to start, just like they have with Morgan. Um, but he is that uh, well-developed, young-for-his-age pitcher. And then the other side of things, if they're going to go for a high-ceiling, cold-weather bat, uh, keep the name, I'm going to butcher it, Trajan Fletcher in mind. He was supposed to be in the 2020 class, reclassified. Um, He's from Maine, went to New York for a while, then went back to Maine this year, reclassified. His birthday was the the end of last month. He turned uh, 18 on the 30th. So while he would have been uh, old for the 2020 class, he's instead young for the 2019 class. Vanderbilt uh, commit, so you know that he's one of the top prospects in the country. He he does a bit of everything. He's a legitimate five-tool talent. He's very raw. Um, he, he, even as a pitcher, he like throws low 90s. Um, if you go over to Perfect Game and pull that up, it's like 99.58 percentile in exit velocity, 99.28 percentile in barrel speed, 99.08 percentile in impact, uh, max acceleration, 99 percentile, Outfield arm, 94 percentile. 60-yard dash, 99.13 percentile. Fastball, 98.96 percentile. This is of the entire, his percentile ranks in the entire 2019 class. So, as you can see, tools for days. Young for his class. Cold weather. Um, he is right-handed and not left-handed. But, uh, you know, I think the Indians would be willing to look around it. Just this strong, big, strong kid. Uh with a lot of tools could be a five tool player a lot of reasons that he uh he would fit for the indians if they went for a bat in round two um honestly if they had not uh given up their competitive balance pick in the trade with seattle i could very easily see them doing something like henderson 
uh, Fletcher and then trying to get Sakima in the the competitive balance area. But uh, I, I, I do wonder... I feel like Sakima might more fit their mold. We kind of saw him do it with Sandlin a year ago. That uh, he's just such a safe lefty that uh, you can draft him, be very aggressive in your minor league placement, and know that you're going to have a left-handed. Worst case, you're having a left-handed reliever sooner than later. The draft is uh, June third, I want to say, so it is coming up. I'm going to have a lot more draft talk. I'm going to be on some of the other Locked On podcasts discussing draft. Um, soon I might have the second half of the show be just all draft talk to prepare Indians fans for the draft and anyone else who wants to download and listen and, uh, they can fast forward to the second half of the show and hear draft talk. The draft is my, uh, what I write about. It is my main focus. So it is definitely, uh, something I love the chance to talk about. I've been your host, Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. And as always, go tribe.